of Ho in the Know. I am. There's a snake in my boot, Selena. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think you've done that. Okay, no, okay. I'm serpentine, Selena. I don't know. Snakes. Snakes? More snakes? I don't know. Slithering. Slithering. Slithering a. Cl- across the floor to you clitoris Selena I don't know oh. <laughs> I just love saying clitoris in a bad way I don't know why it's something satisfying alright what are you Corey uh, what did you do to your finger you hurt yourself oh yeah yeah well. it's okay um, I'm a plastic bag in the wind Ooh, <laughs> Corey poetic yes <laughs> And uh, we're joined today by Miss Orion. Hey. How Hello. Are How are you I'm, doing? I'm wonderful. I just had one of my subs come over and do my laundry. That's amazing. Yes. And what is, how did that go for you? Like, does it, you know, uh, comes in, takes your laundry? I mean, are you're in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have like in-home laundry or did you take it to a laundromat? Uh, we have one in, like, in the basement. Oh, nice. So he just kind of does it. And is this a long-term personal submissive, or? It's somewhat new. I mean, maybe, like, a month or two, but we just had a conversation, you know, because it's all about negotiation and boundaries and things like that, and he told me that he doesn't like when I talk about him on on social media. Well, because mentioned him as but he's you know he's owned by another dom so it's i probably shouldn't have said that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) wait is he cheating on his dom (laughs) they're polly and she supports it 100 percent. and they she he was like my girlfriend loves that i see you i love to serve you but also you mentioned me once on twitter and we didn't like that and i'm like Nobody told me, if you don't tell me, like, on Twitter, it's all about marketing, you know? Like, I was just doing my normal life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty interesting. I I can totally relate to that because I've had a lot of conversations with clients lately who I've talked about in my social media or in my Patreon stuff or um, Instagram or even here, and like, you know, sometimes I'll have thoughts about it, or like, we'll have conversations later. Um, Like one of my clients was like, you were talking about your shitty clients, and I was like, am I a shitty client? (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, that's a valid concern. He didn't want to be a shitty client, and that's a good, good way to be. Yeah, good way to not want to be. Every episode, we begin with a segment we call historical hose. And this week's historical hoe is Chen Yuan Yuan. I got my information from Shine.cn and Wikipedia. Chen Yuan Yuan was born in 1624 to a poor family during the late Ming Dynasty. She spent most of her childhood with her uncle's family in Suhua since her mother died young. Originally named Xing Huan, she took her uncle's surname and became Chen Yuan Yuan. Suffering from hunger, she was later sold to an opera troupe by her uncle for money. Playing the character of Huang Ying 
In the household Chinese opera, The Romance of West Chamber, Chen was highly popular with audiences. She was bought in 1642 by the family of Tian Huang Yu, father of one of Emperor Cheng Shen's concubines. Beautiful, talented, and well-behaved, Chen became Tian's tool to cement his social position. She was then given as a gift to Wu Sangul, a general guarding the Shenhai Pass in the late Ming Dynasty. In 1644, the rebel army led by Li Zijing conquered the Ming capital of Beijing, overthrew the Ming Dynasty, and proclaimed himself king. According to stories, Chen was captured during Li's rebellion, and as a result, Wu wrote a letter to Dorgon, a Manchu prince, expressing his willingness to form an alliance with the Qing army to fight against Li. With the joint effort of both forces, the rebel army was defeated and the Qing dynasty was formed. Wu was honored as Ping Shi Wang, or literally, king who pacifies the West and awarded with a fife in Yunnan province. There are many versions of the circumstances of Chen's death in 1681. The most common is that she changed her name and became a nun in Kunming after Wu's later rebellion against the Qing failed. Another suggests that she drowned herself in the lotus pond of Hua Guo Temple on Wuha Mountain, the day Kunming was seized by the Qing forces. And that's the life and work of Chen Yuan Yuan. How long have you been a pro-dom? I feel like I always played in the space, but never really took on the title until recently. I would go to kink parties in LA and I was a hired foot goddess. So like, just, um, yeah, I kind of was always in the scene, but as a stripper, like I just love traveling and I was making so much money that I don't know. It was just like a side thing that I did. And, but I, and also at the club, you meet submissive men and they're out there and they come to you and you can, smell them out like you can oh yeah want to be with you know and not everybody who's a dancer like knows how to deal with a sub you know like there mm-hmm. are a lot of dancers who are not dominants in the way that they handle men so mm-hmm. it does take a, a special kind of person to like be the right person whenever you know you get a sub who wants to worship your feet or whatever <laughs> but i've also yeah. found it interesting that like there is a element of financial domination that happens in the club just just because <laughs> that's the nature of the business. Yeah, I think it's hot. Power exchange, <laughs> money exchange, like pay me for existing and breathing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, there you just you have to have that dominance to demand that somebody pays like ridiculous amounts of money for you to just exist, you know? It's not ridiculous. (laughs) Not ridiculous. Our VIP rooms where I was working was $1,300 for an hour and you don't get to have sex with me. Like you will will see my boobs if I feel like showing them to you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I like, and, and you know what was also crazy working at the club is seeing girls who were, to me, 10 times prettier than me, but they just didn't have the self-confidence and they didn't have the belief that they deserve that money. And I just remember being like the mom 
the mommy of the the baby strippers and being like like rejection is just a part of this like yeah. get over it the, you earn like deserve that money you're so beautiful like stop sitting in the corner exactly i mean it really like success in the club the major difference was just being assertive you know mm -hmm. like we're all here we all got hired i mean admittedly yeah. as we talked about in our one of our last episodes uh you know there's a lot of racism in there but regardless if you're in the club you're probably hot and uh you know just accept that and will just go in there with the I'm the baddest bitch energy and people will treat you like you're the baddest bitch. That's true. How yeah. long did you strip and where were you stripping? I've done I've danced all over, but mostly in LA, Las Vegas and New York. And five years, I think. Yeah. What was your experience like um in the different places? Did you notice like I don't know, like dancing culture differences? Yeah, there's huge differences. I think it's like traveling to a different country, you know, where the people are different, the, the atmosphere, the mood, everything is different. I worked at a, like a lot of dive bars in LA. So it was all about fun and wild. And I would almost dress up as a different version of myself every night. You know, maybe one day I'm goth. One day I want to wear a French beret and dance to sad French music. <laughs> okay, you know, where in Vegas, it's like these bitches are out to get you or like they're everyone is looks like a Victoria's Secret model, at least the club I went to. Yeah. And it was very, uh, very intense. Like you were walking on eggshells and like, needed to just be the absolute best version of yourself and the, the best lingerie you own, you know? Mm -hmm. So hard sometimes, but I still did really well there. And then in New York, it's kind of funny to me how we had to wear dresses, like the, the looks are different. Um, but yeah, I feel like in Vegas, no one, I, while I made money, I feel like I wasn't the look because I'm the girl that will sit to you, sit with you and talk to you for a while. And you kind of fall in love with me and then give me all your money. Mm -hmm. but in Vegas, they really wanted the authentic stripper feeling of like big titties and like a big fake ass and fake eyelashes and fake everything, mm -hmm. which I have none of that. So. That's yeah. so interesting. I've been like, I mean, I've had a lot of friends like, you know, go to Vegas, like, you might enjoy it. Just like, you know, go up there for a weekend, we'll all do it together. And you'll make a lot of money. And I just have been like, I don't know if Vegas is the vibe for me, like, especially very natural. And, and something I did not like about Vegas is that you will come home smelling like cigarettes, Ooh. because you're allowed to smoke like chain smoking inside the building. Mm -hmm. So your hair, your beautiful hair just gets full of just like, terrible smell and yeah yeah that just seems really kind of grimy i mean and hard to breathe in yeah, <laughs> like you're like trying to like hazard. yeah 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 i mean i guess that's why people love vegas because you, you don't have those same rules like you can walk with your drink outside and you can buy sex at a brothel and you mm -hmm. can smoke indoors if you want and you can get COVID everywhere <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. And so the other thing is like, okay, New York clubs are so weird to me with their dresses rule. Like, what is this rule? Yeah. What kind of dress? So I love it. Well, I love how silly it is because to me it's like slutty prom. Like you have to look like, it's like prom prostitute is the look. Okay. And so it's like, they literally told me when I, when I got hired, they were like, you know, if it's a skirt and a shirt, no, you know, like if it's a bra that matches like a skirt, no. But if there's literally one string that connects the top to the bottom, it counts as a dress. Literally. So what about, okay. So you could wear like a body stocking dress. Yes. But at the club that I worked at, it was very high end. So they really wanted you to look like, I guess like an escort, like, like, but high end. And, uh, they didn't want you to wear neon because they didn't want you to look obnoxious. Oh my gosh. I feel like I know which club you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like I have a few friends there and also that one of my uh, main clients always goes there to mm-hmm. see his main chick so I'm like I feel like New York is one of those places where it seems bigger than it is as far as the club world goes but so what does a high-end escort look like in a strip club um, it's, a, it's a bit of a mix of the I, th- I think what they're going for is a vintagey look with also the the Vegas look kind of mixed together. So they're they're trying to get classy ho. I think like burlesque esque sort of not burlesque um, because that's too artsy, but just like because the Vegas is in your face sexy where. I think they try to make the clubs in New York more sophisticated and there's a party atmosphere, but it's like these women are the best, you know, like mm. something about the the clothes we're allowed to wear signifies that we are more dignified somehow. Uh, and, th- and that's where the dress rule comes from. It's, it's from really way back where, you know, it was seen as indecent for, for strippers to, have I guess just bikini and and thongs even though we wear that underneath and take it off and then take off our bra but somehow the dress makes us classy and yeah that's such a funny holdout from whatever time period (laughs) and also New York like why (laughs) well there's also the food rule of there has to be food served for the bar has to be able to, you know, I think it's like the the 3070 rule or 4060 rule. Do you do you know about it? No, no. Oh. Well, I'm gonna Google it. I feel like I'm yeah. alive. <laughs> I love this education, please. <laughs> I've always wanted to know too, because New York like just I've known about the gowns for a while because I have a bunch of stripper friends out there and I was always perplexed by that whole situation. I guess the other thing that's been interesting about New York is what uh, Giselle has been doing with like the whole NYC stripper strike or what she did once upon a time whenever clubs were open. Um, But, you know, the whole bottle service thing becoming like this secondary wing of of dancing. But um, did you find it? I was getting, no, but I was getting so good at selling bottles right before the pandemic. 
I was really finally spreading my wings as a woman of bottle sales. <laughs> the bottle entrepreneur we all needed. Was. And one of my favorite techniques was just being true to myself and not knowing the different flavors or the different types and being like, well, we have to try them all, you know, mm. and you know, there's a pink one. Why not? Why not choose the more expensive pink one? Because it's pink. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My logic is flawless, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's a, as much of a reason as you need. And also like, I, I don't, these champagne bottles cannot be that good. Like, I don't know. Like I don't trust most strip clubs to really care about the quality of champagne because they're just going to hike up the price by like a hundred dollars and like call it fancy not even a hundred like thousands of dollars sometimes yeah yeah and it's like you you could buy that at a store for like 20 bucks yeah 40 (laughs) bucks stops um so you were stripping and then you found did you find your first client in the club who wanted to be domed uh there was always little moments you know like a guy who wanted to be choked during a lap dance or someone who paid me to kick them in the balls in the vip but so much i miss those days so much right just never knowing what's what you get to do you never know um and then I I think it more started with the fetish and kink parties. And I just looked at a girl at the club and I said, oh, my God, I love your shoes. Where did you get them? She's like, my slave in Copenhagen got them for me. We've never met, but he's, he's wonderful. You know, he gets me so many pairs of shoes. And I was like, wow. And he, she's like, yeah, I go to these foot parties. You know, you can come. They pay to massage your feet. And here I am, a professional dancer who has traveled the world to dance, and I dance for fun in my free time, and then I dance for work. So I was like, wow, my feet would love a massage. Mm. And then, yeah, I kind of fell in love with it my first day there because it's just a room of a few beautiful women, and then all these men, like, helplessly, hopelessly in love with us and they're so afraid they don't even want to look at us. And I was like, wow, that's definitely how you should feel (laughs) (laughs) around us, you know? And so how do you negotiate? How did they negotiate, like, you know, touching your feet? Like, do you charge them or was there a fee to get in or what? (laughs) I said per toe. Ooh, ooh. Beautiful. It's usually per, well, especially at the parties, it was there was a set standard. Of course, you could charge more. I don't think they wanted you to charge less. But yeah, they kind of had some guidelines. And for someone who had never done it before, it made it easier. Mm -hmm. And was there any expectation of like nudity? Or were you just like fully clothed and bare feet? Fully clothed and socks off. (laughs) (laughs) Just sockless. Which is very hot for some people. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I got banned from TikTok. My last video was poking fun at censorship, and I was fully clothed, and I had my socks off. Oh. I'm just saying, it's 
a controversial, very sexy thing to show your feet. This is so interesting. I mean, what do you think it is symbolically about that? You know, what do you think it implies? Um, I, I think that anything can be a fetish and TikTok just wants to find reasons to fuck with sex workers. Yeah. yeah. So let's just talk about the TikTok controversy. You were, your, your account was banned taken down and you had over 50,000 followers at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so, and, and you said the last thing was showing your feet fully clothed. Yeah. Wearing sweatpants. Sweatpants. <sighs> Casual. The, the sexiest of articles of clothing. <laughs> I did in the caption, I poked fun at censorship and I said, my feet are so sexy. I hope this post doesn't get me banned. Which I regret now, mm. <laughs> but sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was that that like that moment whenever you saw all of this stuff that you'd worked so hard for just disappear? Uh, I guess it's like the stages of grief where you're like, this this can't be real, and then you're you fight really hard to get it back. I've done some kind of crazy things of like even finding people on TikTok that are, you know, one connection away from me on LinkedIn, you know, and just being like trying to reach out to everyone. I don't know. It's it's awful. Yeah. Did they give you any steps to reinstate your account or was it just like you wake up and it's gone? <sighs> I had just been um kind of given like almost a brand partnership with a, a beautiful lingerie brand that I was, had been talking to. And literally the moment after I received that, you know, the next time I, I flipped on or, you know, got on the app, I was, I was gone. And it's like, how could you take that away? And especially because I was a paid creator, like I was part of the creators fund. TikTok was paying me to create content for them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's so crazy, like, that they they fully took you down and you were on the team, you were getting sponsored by them. And was yeah. it just because of the TOS change in January? I think so. I'm not really sure. I also had an an inkling or I had a, I had a feeling that ever since I was in that Rolling Stones article... I don't know. I, I, I heard this kind of through the grapevine or maybe it's a conspiracy, but some people were saying, hey, you know, a lot of your content is being flagged all of the sudden, like from nowhere. Yeah. And could it be angry conservatives just trying to fuck with you? Yeah. Because I think that's what they would want to do. You know, you read about a bunch of women on TikTok sharing their belief, you know, or just my my thing was just telling people go vote. You know, and they were like, how dare you tell people to vote? So, I mean, I don't know. That's one idea out there. But all my content was just getting flagged. And at one point, it's like, if enough people say it, then it's going to be taken down by robots. Yeah. I mean, that's so fucking frustrating. Like, and also, you know, like you just get waves, especially if you're if your account hits a certain size, like they're inevitably like you get haters and also like 
So let's just talk about the Rolling Stones article. Could you like talk about who was involved in it and what it was about, just to give people an idea? So it was about dominatrixes who were encouraging their submissives to vote blue and to vote in general. And I loved it. There were some women who did like jerk off instruction videos where they would say, like, if you want to touch your dick tonight, you have to vote or like you can't vote until you, you can't come until you vote mm-hmm. for Biden. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just a story of all the women who were using their power, in my opinion, for good. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I also like wonder about the legality of that too. Like, I know you can tell people to vote, but can you tell people who to vote for or like? I personally, in my videos, I only ever told people to vote. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, if you follow me, you know who I want you to vote for. And when my, when my other videos talk shit about Trump, it's like, you're going to figure out who I would like you to vote for. Right. And then I don't know, like on my OnlyFans, I told my subs to vote for Biden. But it's like, I don't know. It's my OnlyFans. It's my people. Why shouldn't I be able to share my opinion? Right. Yeah. And it's not like like pro Trumpsters weren't like. Yeah. I mean, you can tell people to to vote for whoever you want, but you just can't create like financial incentives, I guess, mm. to. Yeah. Or like. No, those trade. people. Were oh, sorry. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Those people were paying me to listen to me, so you no financial. Somebody else to to vote for somebody, but maybe. Yeah, no. I just remember there was like there were some OF models who were like, "Oh, I'll give you free nudes if you show me proof that you voted for Biden," and I think mm-hmm. that they got in some trouble for that because it was something about like voter voter coercion or not maybe not coercion but like some kind of like it fell into the category of like uh, affecting voters. I don't know, not voter fraud, not voter something. I don't know, something with votes. (laughs) I would love to know more if anyone listening knows more about that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. please, please. Yes. So what kind of dom are you? Are you a sadist or are you what kind of dom style do you have i would say i'm more of a sensual sadist okay and i i like to tease especially because of my background as a dancer and i have come up with a funny new title well this is my first time like sharing it out loud but alpha stripper is what i i feel like makes sense for me Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm also financial dominatrix and just general fetish kink. Whenever I session with someone, I, I also have a list where they can kind of pick what type of, because I feel like I'm a shapeshifter, you know, I can kind of adapt to what someone might want because there's so many multitudes within myself as a person. So I just tap into what that person might want, you know, some people want bitchy, some people want strict disciplinarian. So am I allowed to be all 
<laughs> yes yeah do you ever like so you, you mentioned um you know just the voting thing do your politics ever come up in your doming work like does it ever become educational or does it ever become like beyond just just vote please please have a modicum of civic duty <laughs> i think so i've given my subs tasks you know to help me find research or do research on a certain topic so only like virtually because of covid most of my subs are virtual mm -hmm. but yeah i i'm i like to get my subs to do research for me did you like really get into doming before covid or has it been like you know used made the full transition during this period I would say I was doing it before, like I would do sessions, especially because the the foot guys, they would get my phone number and then they would say, hey, you know, and they weren't all just feet parties, they're, they're fetish parties. So sometimes like smothering or trampling. And so I was always just enjoying that and doing that on the side. But I did 100% choose to do this when the pandemic started. Because I was like, this is this is the kind of people that I want in my life, like this energy. So I decided now was the time. And here we are. Have you found that the money has like been better or worse during the pandemic? Like switching? I mean, have you done more digital during the pandemic or like what is the main mode right now? Mostly digital. And it's sad to say this, but the loss of my Instagram and my TikTok really did affect my income. And I also had a broken thumb at exactly the same time. Oh. Yeah. And so I thought that by having the broken thumb, I was like, oh, this is a blessing. I can spend all day emailing TikTok and spend all day emailing uh, Instagram, but you didn't really get anywhere. And then, yeah, it's like, I don't feel sexy because I'm in so much pain and I wasn't making as many videos. I canceled all my sessions. I canceled all my photo shoots for two months. And then, and after that, it's like, no one knows about me. Everyone's disconnected. It's like my army of supporters, my fans, my simps, my, my slaves, they're all just like disbanded and no one knows where I am. Right. What happened with the Instagram? same thing I, I really don't know i've i've done so much research at this point and uh i attended this online censorship workshop held by yeah yeah um held by the everybody visible i think so yeah mm -hmm. everybody visible so i want to shout out to uh, my good friend am davies um, and uh, all of the people who are involved with Everybody Visible, but it's been this campaign to stop censorship, especially of sex workers online, but also very much focusing on people who are trans and disabled and fat um, so that everybody has a space. So they've been talking all about what censorship look like, looks like, why it's been happening, what laws are in place that are like reinforcing all of these things. Um, and not necessarily, I mean, I didn't, I was not there for the entire seminar to be totally fair, but it was generally like getting to know like 
why is this happening, you know? And why are we being targeted? Yeah. Um, do, go on, what are you saying? So uh, that, as well as my own deep desire to get to the bottom of why, I also found a lot of great content on YouTube of a guy explaining the new terms of service, like step-by-step and all the crazy shit of like, they're even reading your DMs now. And so I let, okay, this is such a fun story, but I do not let people DM me unless you're a trusted friend or a true submissive of mine. And, um, and then I, I occasionally, you know, check to see if anyone's said anything or maybe an old friend or whatever. And uh, some guy said yesterday, may I, do I have your permission to spoil you? Mm. And I was like, you don't have to ask. Like, just go ahead. You know, if you really mean it, do it. And then I said, by the way, do not respond to me here. It's not safe. You know, like, I w- I'm going to block you if you say another word. And then he was like, no, no, it's safe. I'm like, no, I've, I've researched this. I lost an account. You, you don't understand. Yeah. And um, well, long story short, this man bought me a couch and a bunch of other things, like, as an initial tribute. And, um, but yeah, I'm just like, gosh, I would hate to lose my account just because someone wants to buy me things. Right. Or, like, literally anything is considered solicitation so i don't even let people talk to me on there yeah i mean it's terrifying it's hard to navigate i know like i've had i've had that happen too like so many times where submissives will come to my dms and be like i i want to serve you goddess i like all this stuff and i i what i did was i made like a a what are they called story highlights yeah Mm. um where like how do you contact me and like these are the Mm. ways that you can or like i put my email as like one of like the button you can press because i'm a business on youtube on not youtube on on instagram Instagram. i'm a business so you can click the email you can click the i don't know what else i have up there but like making sure that like they can contact me some other way proton mail is great i love proton mail um yeah i mean it's it's so tricky because you know like social media was about being social and like you know it was about like you can meet your friends you know like you never know who you're gonna meet on the internet like you could make friends (laughs) and now it's like a redirectory board yeah you know if you want to meet me go to my Twitter. If you want to like get to my content that you might enjoy that you seem to be asking about, go to my OnlyFans or my AVN stars. Yeah, so it's right. just like, all this like bouncing around. And also I just think it's crazy if you happen to be a sex worker, you're not even allowed to flirt with people that you might actually be seeing. Right. What if you're a hoe? Like what if you're a hoe? Yeah. What if you're just uh, slutty? You know, like what if you just want to be a slut and like, that's so funny one time i like sent nudes like this girl i was dating and it got blocked on her end (laughs) i was like i was like that is hilarious like we're following each other this shouldn't be happening Mm -hmm. Um, was it was it recent no this was like maybe a year ago 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's also like, I, I remember in that talk, um, you know, you can you you can be called a trafficker if you help set up a friend with a job or whatever. If you're like, oh, like, hey, like, this club is hiring. Why don't you go audition there? Like, that could be considered trafficking. That could be considered soliciting. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's just so wild to me because we really do have this like boogie monster idea of like what trafficking is, but like legally, it's like anything and everything that involves like negotiating labor and like where you're going to do your work and prices with a person and sharing a job information with your friend. Like, it's just absolutely insane. Um, what all falls into these parameters and how easy it is right now, especially to just lose everything um, and to be totally invisible. Yeah. And I've just been thinking about all the things that I lost because it's, it's a slow progression of, of you. It's like having all these resources and then you're like, wait, it's gone now. It's like, Oh, what was the name of that photographer that we were planning to mm-hmm. shoot? who what's what's the name of my friend from the club that we worked at before the pandemic and became friends and just like through the sheer miracle of finding that person you connected but only on that one account right because you never expected to lose it losing your dms losing yeah and i had a friend who died during the pandemic and he was one of my biggest supporters and he sent me the best kinky memes and now they're gone and just our conversations are gone and it's not nice you know i mean that's heartbreaking you know like you really do lose people whenever you lose social media you lose those pictures sometimes i know like a lot of people don't back up their images you know and it it should be a bigger thing that like everybody has like uh but you know some people can't afford to have a backup um yeah and but you know, people lose all of their images. They lose all of this content that they spent hours and hours, you know, spent money on. Say that again. Oh, sorry. Like curating and mapping out the order, all the hours I spent. So, you know, I'm a great uh, connector. Like every time someone commented on one of my TikToks, even if it was a thousand people, which, you know, I had some videos that had like 2 million views. I would respond to every single one, even if it was just a heart, because I like to engage with my audience and I like to see what they have to say. Mm. Sometimes it's really funny. So to think, and, and I would set time apart from my day, like 30 minutes to an hour of just like, I'm going to like, see what the kids are up to. Like, what are they saying? What do they like? And it's like, wow, I wasted a lot of 2020 on TikTok. <laughs> does it feel have like, does it feel like a waste or i mean um no i had fun doing it but it is sad now that i have a new account and i've been making jokes about it you know with my friends i'm like i wish there was rehab for for fame you know like i used to have clout people used to give a shit about what i had to say yeah. And now now when I speak, it, it floats in the air and no one hears it. And I'm like, damn, like I had that 
privilege of having an audience that I worked hard to get. And so it's like, you just talk and you're, you're non-existent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's kind of scary. I don't know. Like, I know that it's like, you know, to get to that point, like you have to have a level of privilege and stuff and using the internet. But I also have a similar terror of like losing the visibility that I have and like the reach for the things that I care about that I have right now. Like, yeah, to reach people is just like incredibly empowering, especially whenever you are part of this marginalized community and doing work that is not respected by a lot of people. It's like, this can be like the one reprieve. (laughs) Yeah, it was like my entire life, people have insulted me and shitted on my career choice and told me that it was wrong. And I've dated people that said, you know, like backhanded ways of just telling me that what I'm doing is wrong. It's sad when you get to have this community where you've empowered so many women, you make them uh, want to take control of their lives and um, embrace their inner sexy goddess. And, and then, you know, some company just says, no, that's wrong. And it's amazing that like these like non-sex worker celebrities get to tote that sort of messaging or like beef, like, faux sex workers or like have faux sex worker sentiments or um and yet they aren't being flagged and taken down for it you know but real sex workers who are actually like experiencing the thing and talking about the thing and like trying to say like this thing is all right can't have that same thing yeah i mean i saw one of your recent tiktoks of you like in like a trans lucent shirt with pasties on and you're just like well let's see who gets taken down first me in an actual shirt with pasties on or miley cyrus <laughs> yeah well you saw it so i guess i survived you this survived time. <laughs> so far but it's like you know it's the precarity of this this whole thing you know i have a story that's so ridiculous i you know i decided to do some investigative journalism myself on tiktok And I started replicating or duoing other people's videos that I knew I would get destroyed for and banned for if I had created that video. So there was one where it's a group of men and they have on the title of the video, it says like, join our OnlyFans, spelled correctly, no hiding the letters, you know, and And then they just are like thrusting and one like gets behind the other as if it's like anal and he's just like pumping. And I duetted the video and I just stand up on my bed and I kind of do the similar motions and I'm just like, what? Mm -hmm. Like I'm lifting my hands. I'm like, is this real? Like, are you guys kidding me? And then, uh, yeah, the caption was like, I guess some people are just allowed, like if you're a man. And yeah, that video got immediately taken down. My video, not theirs. Their video is still there with like a million views or something. But mine for just pointing out that, you know, hashtag OnlyFans, um, it got taken down. And I've done this a couple different times. And I have a a journalist who is doing a story uh, on that and censorship in general but yeah it's pretty crazy 
I mean, it's fucking nauseating, you know? Did your IP address get attached to your ban, or was it just your account got taken down? Um, I think my phone number. My boyfriend works as a software engineer. So he told me, you know, like, yeah, it could be your IP address. You know, they're they're always going to, like, push you down or suppress you. I don't know. But I do know that I had to sign up for my new TikTok account with my mother's phone number because I couldn't DM people because I didn't have a registered number. And my number was already taken. That's terrible. Oh, my God. I'm, like, crying inside. And so I had to call my mom and say, hey, mom, I'm trying to log into a social media. I need your phone number and I need you to tell me the four digits that they're going to send you. And she sent them to me. So TikTok number two exists now. Does she know that you're a dom? Mm Mm-hmm. That's nice. How did she react? Um, I think both my parents don't love it. They just accept it. And I think they love when when I help support the family or like pay for their cell phone bill. They complain a little less when I do things like that. Yeah. Oh, God, I feel that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my parents are not supportive of my work, except whenever it comes to me being able to take care of family members who are sick or having the free time or disposable income to take care of my sibling or cousins or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I helped my cousin pay part of his tuition at one point. And it's like, you can shame me all you want, but you're using money that, that I earned through what I do. Yeah. Right. And if you had become like a doctor or a lawyer who makes hella money, and could also support them wouldn't it, isn't it just the same thing like you know yeah i mean there's just a different feeling of the morality the moralism behind it except that i don't know why law is considered to be a particularly moral right <laughs> occupational choice and just mm-hmm. also thinking about the number of doctors who are doctors not because they want to help people but because they just want to be called a doctor yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's just like so terrible to like think about the the I don't know, the double standards of social media presences and what you're allowed to post and what men are allowed to post generally. Like even just I mean, I know that it feels petty to talk about nipples, but like fuck. No. Like, I don't know why. It's not petty. It's a gender issue. It's, it is. It's a fat people issue. It's it's an issue that like should be talked about um because like if you're non-binary or if you're a trans man and like you happen to have or if you're fat and you happen to have more skin around your nipples like that shouldn't and even if you are a woman like (laughs) so what like men get to show their tits you know some brands get to show their tits like i know a company where i mean it's funny because it's like what part of the nipple does the areola count or just the the tippy the point like wow (laughs) i know a brand that like has shown a full nipple and i love this brand so i reached out to them 
with so much like compassion and just like, Hey, I noticed, you know, you posted a photo with a nipple. How do you, do you feel safe? Like, how do you feel about that? Are you worried? What are you doing to mitigate that risk? And they were like, we don't know. We've just been doing this for a while and we hope we make it. If you find out anything, please let us know. But I was like, I don't know. I guess like certain parts of nipple. I don't, so it's just so. Are they doing full nipple or are they just like blurring the nipple tip? Not blurring. They are showing the nipple tip. Just the nipple tip? No areola? I There's like a metal uh, that that holds the nipple, if that makes sense, like an O-ring. Uh-huh. So just the nipple tip gets to stick out. Huh. But if you have a larger areola, you're going to see it. Right. I don't know. It makes my brain confused when I'm like, okay, so there's a full nipple, but, but I don't know. What percentage of nipple? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that all the time whenever I'm like on the Playboy like IG and it's like they have the most like refined nipple blur like it's only the nipple and like a minor blur like you can still like differentiate the nipple tip from the areola and stuff like I'm just like damn I wish I could post my nipples to that degree of blur yeah and my Instagram so I just found out that on my website uh, it had a connection to my former Instagram account because I, you know, I lost it all and, and I wasn't able to see what were my last posts, like in case I wanted to see like what it could have been. And I just saw it yesterday and all my photos were so tame. They were like a photo of, of my feet in high heels, me in a dress, you know, me hugging a, like, it's just ridiculous. Like how clothed I was for what I do, you know, like compared to a lot of the people on Instagram. And yeah, I was just like, this makes no sense. Like if you're, if you're out here posting 80% of a nipple and I can post a shoe and I'm canceled, how does that make sense? I mean, it's truly just being a conspicuous sex worker, you know, like whether or not you're naked, whether or not you're posting like ads just having the occupation seems to be enough to just disappear to make people make you disappear yeah yeah and it's it's so sad because I had so many women reach out to me after I was banned and they're like I followed you religiously like you really inspired me and I would do these little videos where it's like how to assert your dominance in a relationship and it would be these tiny little things like very pg You know, like if you're holding hands, you can put your hand on top, you know, like a lot of women have never even felt that of like putting their hand in front of their partner's hand. So I don't know. I just get bummed out. Valid. Um, How difficult or easy was it for you to regain some sort of audience after your accounts got taken down? Um. I don't think it's been easy at all. I don't, I don't have an audience anymore. I'm, I just barely exist. Like a few, a few close friends. Um, I'm yeah. My, my TikTok is like, and what's also very insulting is that I get emails every day from TikTok saying, 
you've got three new followers like because on my new account it's like an automated message mm-hmm. and I'm just like don't don't talk to me about that yeah you know? I had 50,000 like devoted people who loved me we were talking about rebuilding platforms yes. and it's fucking hard and it's just demoralizing. <laughs> now, to cut back to the zoning laws and the restaurant rule for strippers. So while you were talking, I, I found it. So New York City zoning laws allow businesses to operate anywhere in the city if less than 40% of their space or inventory is devoted to sexually explicit activities or stripping. But yeah, there's a percentage, and that's why so many of New York strip clubs have a steakhouse. Mm. (laughs) On the side. Yeah, it's just so, I don't know, the fucking arbitrary... The way that all of these strip clubs are forced to fit into these really narrow parameters, but it's obviously just to make it harder to open them. It's to make it harder to like keep them and to open new ones. It's just, I don't know how I feel about eating a full steak in a strip club. Like (laughs) you get get gassy, (laughs) maybe a French fry or like some chips, but like not a full steak. no, I would not underestimate the the value of a strip club meal. I've eaten. I mean, I I always loved watching my stripper friends like eat a whole burger and fries on the job. But are mm-hmm. they are they good burgers and fries? Yeah, yeah. From the, okay. They are. Well, the ones. It depends on the club too. If you're at a high end club, you're going to get high end luxury food. And I've also worked at a Mexican strip club, not in Mexico, but just in a certain part of LA and the the fish tacos like the tacos in general were mm. so amazing yeah and very authentic and so good and I would eat them right now if I had them but then I worked at one club also in LA where the food was trash but and it wasn't about the food at that location you know yeah oh yeah definitely like my club the food is like pretty good honestly like what do they serve it's very general Americana fare, you know, burgers. There are a bunch of good salads, though. Um, and also, we could request stuff. Like, our chef would make an omelet for us if we wanted that. They'd always make, like, fruit salads. Every night, they would have cake for us. That's on, sweet. On weekends, they would have, like, a whole platter of, like, chicken wings and uh, coup de thé, which is, like, the whole, you know, chopped veggies or, like, the veggie yeah. sticks. And, uh... Yeah, we always had cakes. Always had candy. It was Dang. and it was free to us too. If we worked, we got we could order twice off of the menu. Wow, that's nice. that's amazing. Pretty fucking dope. I I have a friend who misses the food at at our club. She's like, "What I would do for that broiled salmon right now?" <laughs> Yes, I do. I miss my food at my club. Like I would get like a, I think like a California salad with mm-hmm. some chicken, and it was just really good, very fresh. Always had a nice fresh avocado on top. Mm-hmm. It was mad decent. <laughs> like everybody talks shit about strip club foods, but you just don't under underestimate it, you know, because <laughs> they pay chefs. You know, like they pay a good cook to be there. Um, I love that my favorite thing about LA strip clubs was like 
that there seems to like most of them if you're downtown or like in central parts of LA like there's almost always a taco truck right outside your strip club Mm, yeah or in the parking lot of your strip club (laughs) yeah or a hot dog stand like the Mm. with the the onions and the wrapped in bacon hot dogs Mm -hmm. yeah I'm so hungry right now (laughs) (laughs) I had like a bag of uh, chestnuts for breakfast what (laughs) you eat chestnuts I'm sorry no it's I don't know it's like a very Asian market thing okay they're like soft chestnuts okay okay thinking of chestnuts I'm a squirrel (laughs) (laughs) say that again I said Selena the squirrel. Yes. Why didn't I say that one? That would have been good. Opportunity missed. Yes. But now we've made it back. Um, Maybe hibernate over it. Yeah. I, I wow. Uh, <laughs> well, are there any parting ideas that you want to leave us with, Ms. Orion? My only parting thought is be a bad bitch no matter what anyone tries to do or say about you yes um and uh so i don't know if anybody in our audience has any sway over instagram but if you do um or tiktok or tiktok if you have any sway over these people uh let's see if we can bring some more people onto this mission of pre-platforming miss orion because geez Fucking tragic, fucking a loss to the world to not have you have a big voice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm trying to start a YouTube, but it's so hard when every single thing has just been ruined, you know, and really starting from ground zero and a broken thumb. It's it's hard to bounce back, but I refuse to give up. No, you got a Rick Astley. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. <laughs> Did you just rickroll the podcast? <laughs> I guess I did. Hi, it's Clover. Clover's Corner. Just kidding. It's Pisces season again, which means, yeah, that's right. I'm not doing readings for a month because I'm boycotting you all. At the rest of the Zodiac, I see you talking about cancer season like it's the only water season, but you're quiet when March hits and you all are lost in a full-on fog of confusion and emotional delusion not only that but at least pay homage to the bullshit scorpio season puts us through and i mean okay water seasons can be bad but let's be real capricorn season is definitively the worst because i know i've never heard of people feeling amazing from just before christmas onwards because capricorn season is sober and harsh like we can stop faking the holiday cheer. Is anyone happy on New Year's? Like, it doesn't make sense. And so anyway, back to cancer season. Like, if you all would deal with your emotional baggage the rest of the year, maybe you all wouldn't feel like you're drowning come July. XOXO, your local bitch, fresh off the third day of their period. Bye. <laughs> and on that note, where can we find you online? Well, the only safe place to find me is my website femdomforever.com and I do exist on Instagram for now at the Miss Orion and my Twitter is Mistress Orion and mm. that's about it and TikTok TikTok is Femdom Forever so those awesome. are just a few 
And Orion is spelled O-R-I-O-N? Yes. Okay. Lovely. Corey, where can we find you? You can find me at the goddess Corey on Instagram, on Twitter. I have a milkshake. It brings all the boys to the yard. Uh, you can click the links in it. Amazing. Um, you can find me uh, just a couple stops down. The road. The road. Yeah. No. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can find me, or you can find this podcast on Instagram at Ho and the No. You can uh, support me on Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. You can uh, support my org, Soldiers to Pull, at Soldiers underscore of underscore pull underscore. Um, we're actually, we've changed our name to Strippers United, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's that's it for now. Please uh, rate us, give us some stars, uh, leave us a comment. That really helps to boost our visibility. We are, you know, it's it's so hard to be visible as a sex work podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, the, yeah. The world, all of the terms of services out there do not want us to exist, and you uh, commenting helps us to exist. So. They're not ready for the heat. They're yeah. Not. That's it. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and have a lovely week, all of you people of everywhere. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. More money, I want your money, I want more money, 